Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 134. Fredo Esparza here and this week we are going to look back at AAA's Triple Mania 30th chapter 1 out of Monterrey, Nuevo Leon. Um, this show happened back in April 30th so it's been a month since this show happened. Um, I actually watched it probably, if, I didn't watch it live, I watched it over the span of the following week. Um, so it's been a while since I watched this um, I thought about doing a a podcast back then, but then um, there were a couple of matches that didn't air that actually were going to be televised on Triple A's TV show. And one of the things that happened during that time also was that Triple A's YouTube channel was made available to everyone outside of Mexico um, for the past two years. I would say about two years. Um, it's been only available for Mexico and. Uh, also, if you have a some sort of way of getting around, you know, a VPN or some sort of way of, to get around accessing YouTube's restricted stuff, you know, the things that are videos or channels that aren't available in the United States, um, you're able to you were able to watch it. But for the most part, if you didn't have that ability, that skill, or didn't have know about that technology, odds are you were not watching AAA on YouTube channel, but you were actually probably watching it via the Cubs fans Twitch channel um, or, you know, whenever he would show it live or whenever he could get the TV show to be um, aired via his Twitch channel. It's it's made it a little bit easier now where if you don't watch it live, at least you're able to watch it at some point on AAA's YouTube channel now. So a little bit easier. Um, so I was actually waiting for the last couple of matches that hadn't made it onto what was the, 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 the live stream. Um, off of Fight TV and also Canal Space. Um, they actually ended up air airing matches 3 through 10, whereas the last two were the last two matches that didn't um, that aired on TV. And unfortunately, it was that big of a deal to come to think of it. I probably should have just done the show back then, but, you know, it's a, it's no big deal. It's not like AAA is really running a lot of stuff that's, um, you know, you could pretty much watch a Triple Mania and not watch anything else and be okay with it. Um, you're not missing too many things. And even if you are missing something, um, they'll usually give you a video recap or 
you could find it on their YouTube channel or um, somebody can explain it to you more or less and you'll be okay with it. You're not missing much. Same thing with CMLL. Um, you don't have to watch every single show to know what's going on. Uh, all you do is realize that they're running another tournament. Um, if it's a if it's a tournament that features more than eight people, then you know it's going to run over over a three-week period. And if it's one that has eight people announced, then you pretty much know it is either a one-week or two-week type of thing. Um, so not you're not missing a lot if you're not watching everything live. And the other thing was that the show was four and a half hours long, and that's not, not even counting the two matches that didn't air on the live stream. So probably, what, a five, five and a half hour show in total? Crazy amount of time. I, I was only able to watch, I think, the first day, and I, I've been told by a few other people that didn't watch it live, that when they did watch it recorded or ordered it, ordered the, you know, the VOD later on or had access to the show later on, um, they pretty much watched it um, not in all in one sitting, but actually split it up over a two, three day period. Um, what I ended up doing was I think I watched the first two matches on uh, the day after, and then I watched two more the next day. And I think it took me over like at least three days because um, some of the stuff was rather long. Um, but I actually thought it was an enjoyable show. The one flaw that I found in the in the broadcast was that the fans weren't properly mic'd. And I think it was also because they wanted to have the announcers be heard a little louder. So maybe that's why they kind of didn't want the, the crowd. They didn't want to have an issue of, you know, the announcers not being heard because of the crowd being heard. And, you know, I think they made the mistake. They probably should have had the crowd um, be a little bit louder because for the most part, it kind of felt like a very, a very, um, a show that got very little reaction. Um, when in reality, a lot of the people who were there live actually said there was a lot of reaction, and um, especially for the LA Park Viano Four match, I would imagine there was a really strong reaction for whenever there was like a big run in, or even like the main event, when there was something with a a, a little bit more um, importance to it. Um, I would be surprised. I would expect that there was at least some strong reaction for the Ruleta matches because there was a lot of legends in there. Um, but you know, we don't. If you if were watching it live. Via the broadcast, we didn't really get that. Um, the commentary was a lot better than previous years. Um, only from what I heard, I listened to the Spanish commentary. So I, I heard um, Jose Manuel Guillén, Hugo Savinovich, and um, Carlos Cabrera. Uh, other people who heard the English commentary, uh, which was um, Larry Dallas and Joe Dombrowski, I believe. They got a bit of a mixed response from people that I heard. A lot of people weren't really that you know, there were some people said that they were good, others that weren't really that kind of felt that they were maybe not too familiar with Lucha Libre or the pro or triple A in general. More, I think it was more so triple A, not necessarily Lucha Libre, just um, not being familiar with the triple A product. To me, the fact that anything above Vampiro would be an upgrade. So, so um, if you don't have Vampiro on commentary, I think that's already an automatic upgrade. Yeah, the the I I thought the I thought the Spanish commentary was was solid. The one flaw that they really have is the fact that Carlos Cabrera and Hugo Savinovich aren't too familiar with um, Mexican lucha libre. They're familiar with um, you know obviously the term lucha libre is a term in Spanish, um, but they're more familiar with Puerto Rican wrestling than Mexican wrestling. So um, they weren't really they kind of had the one good thing is that they have Jose Manuel Guillén to lean on, and they were. And he did a, Jose Manuel Guillén could handle that. And, you know, 
they're really good commentators, which is something that you couldn't say about the the AAA, um, the Televisa crew was already kind of like on their decline, um, losing interest in the product to be like, you know, especially um, Arturo Rivera, who was pretty much um, done at that point when once he was out of dealing with AAA, doing commentary for AAA, he kind of was already, he should have been gone years prior to that. Not that I'm guessing there were, there could be a better way where they could have done a better job of um, keeping him somewhat involved. Um, but, you know, it's AAA. They, I don't think they were putting a lot of thought at that point in time in, in the commentary. And also the fact that the guys that they have from Tele, that they had from Televisa were all guys that were uh, mainstays for decades of calling Lucha Libre by that point in time. Um, but the show itself I thought was pretty good. Um, nothing, I would say, other than the LA Park Viano 4 and Young Bucks Hijo Vikingo Phoenix tag match, um, those two matches were really the only ones I thought were really standouts that were great. Um, everything else was anywhere between okay and good that I watched. Um, there was a couple of bad matches, but you expected that from the Ruleta de la Muerte uh, mass tournament matches, especially when you're using guys who are well past 65, 60, 65 years old who probably shouldn't be in the ring by that point in time. Kanek, Rayo de Jalisco Jr. definitely didn't belong to, should not be in, in a ring. I don't think even Ultimo Dragon should be in a ring. Um, he did not look good either. I did notice that while I was following um, the fan comment, the fan reaction on Twitter, a lot of people were really, really um, easy on Ultimo um, Ultimo Dragon, as opposed to um, the other vet um, old timers. The other old timers were kind of given a little bit of a harsher reality check. Um, not Ultimo Dragon. I think people were a little bit more passive towards um, the show. Actually. The broadcast, the live broadcast actually started with Ultimo Dragon beating Pentagon Jr. in the first Ruleta de la Muerte uh, match. Pentagon Jr. advanced to the semifinals. Ultimo Dragon, of course, gets to save his mask. I thought this match was not good. It wasn't the worst match on this card, but it just wasn't that good. Um, you could really tell. And this was something that we saw more with Psycho Clown later on on the show against Kanek. But you could tell Pentagon Jr. kind of took it a little easy. And he kind of like at certain points, you could tell he was kind of doing a lot of the stuff for Ultimo Dragon. I should mention prior to this um, match, um, they, they held a Copa Triple Mania and Microman won that. Um, that did not make it onto the fight or, sp- or space live feeds. Um, that was aired later on on Triple A's TV show. And it actually is available, I think, on their YouTube channel if you want to check that out. Um, I think also the the Marvel match was is also on their YouTube channel. Those were the first two matches on the card. Um, that didn't make it onto the broadcast. Um, after Ultimo Dragon beating Pentagon Jr., we had the AAA mixed tag team title match as um, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti beat Ares and Ch- Chica Tormenta, who were the champions coming into the match. Um, they also beat Lady Maravilla and Latigo and Commander and Sexy Star. This, of course, not being Sexy Star the, the previous one, this is the second version. Uh, not she, she catches a lot of grief for the previous one. And since C, um, AAA doesn't really put a, a, a sexy, they don't call her Sexy Star 2 or anything like that. They just call her Sexy Star. She's going to catch most of the grief no matter what. Um, this match I thought was, I thought it was good. But the problem was that there was a lot of, um, the finish was, I, I wasn't a big fan of the finish. Anyways, 
Prior to the match, Sammy Guevara claimed he was injured and was unable to wrestle, but he said he had a plan. They showed a video of this. Um, he then brought out La Parca Negra as his replacement, um, but late in the match, he got involved and hit Ares with his crutch. He and Tay then got the win when they both got pins on um, Ares and Chica Tormenta. Um, this match I thought was a good, an, uh, I thought it was an okay match. Um, like I said, the finish left little to be desired. You know, I thought there was enough there that it was at least an okay match. After that, we had the match that probably stole the show. Um, Alec Park beating Viano 4 in the Ruleta de la Muerte first round mask tournament match. Um, Alec Park saves his mask while Viano 4 advances to the semifinals. This was a bloody brawl. Uh, this was pretty much, I thought the beginning of this was really well done with Viano 4 um, standing at the entrance waiting for LA Park. It kind of ca- gave it a an old spaghetti western type of feel to it. Uh, kind of like that old gunslinger, just, you know, two gunslingers getting ready to go at it. And they went at it. They had a wild brawl, lots of blood, which is something they really had to do because these two, um, more so Viano 4 can't really, um, he's not very mobile now. Um, but um, the fact that they were just, they would hit each other hard and then they would kind of like be able to slow it down, you know, maybe pull each other's mask. Um, I thought this was a fantastic match. Definitely, if, of all the guys that were involved, this was probably the one where everyone kind of predicted Viano 4 would be the one that would lose just because everybody has a feeling that he's going to be the one that drops his mask since he would be the last of the Vianos to do so. Um, Viano 3, of, of course, dropping it to Atlantis back in 2000 and then um, Viano 5 dropping it to Ultimo Guerrero. And now Viano 4 will eventually drop it to somebody at trip, at the probably the last Triple Mania. Um, that's the expectation that's what everybody's predicting um you never know i don't think they could i don't think they're going to swerve us just because i don't really see anybody else that's advancing losing besides piano four but this match i like i said great match just a great brawl one of the better matches of the year i would say this is definitely a top five match in mexico um which this year oddly enough there hasn't been that many great or memorable matches that i've seen i'm sure there are um, but for the most part, this is definitely one of the better matches. Um, we'll be talking about one of the other matches that I thought was one of the top five matches of this year. Um, but this was definitely one. This definitely has to be up there. Um, after the match, Dorian Roldan came out and presented a plaque to Latin Lover for his ears in Lucha Libre. Um, Jeff Jarrett interrupted them and insulted Latin Lover. Um, Ray Scorpion had actually come along with Jarrett to help beat on Latin Lover. That then led to Vampiro making the save. Um, this was a cool segment, but they've been building up Jeff Jarrett being involved in this. Um, the possibility of a Jeff Jarrett Latin lover match at a future Triple Mania or something involving them. Um, but now, apparently, recently, Jeff Jarrett appears to be heading back to WWE to work um, behind the scenes. So um, who knows if he'll be back for this. He probably will at the rate WWE fires people. Um, he'll probably work for trip for WWE for a few months and then get fired in time to make it to for the third triple mania um that's just the way it is you never know with um with wrestling especially with WWE and the way they've been firing and rehiring people but I thought this was a cool segment I'm not a big fan of Vampiro returning I definitely don't want to see a, a Vampiro Latin lover versus Jeff Jarrett Ray Scorpion match but I think that was what they were probably heading to. And now that kind of uh, might be something that they have to put on the on the back burner or toss aside. Um, that was then followed by the sixth match, which was Johnny Caballero 
who's John Hennigan, who wrestles as Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, you name it. He's been every name possible. Um, I think he's now Johnny Elite in AEW. He teamed up with Taurus to beat Dragon Lee and Jarillistico, Jack Cartwheel and Loretto Kid in a three-way tag match. Cartwheel was Loretto Kid's surprise partner. I thought this was a good match. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the finish, but that's something you expect from AAA. But I thought this was a, a good match. Probably the third best match on the show. The one thing I did notice that Drillistico, uh, pretty much he's a one-trick pony. Um, not not somebody that really you're going to get a lot out of. But I think he's just having a great time teaming up with Dragon Lee, um, his brother. And, you know, that's I think that's what they're they're enjoying most. And, of course, they're getting that big opportunity to work with the Hardys in the second in Chapter 2 of Triple Mania in Tijuana. Um, so, um, but it was entertaining. It, I think they probably should have won just because you kind of wanted to build up something towards them facing the Hardys. Um, but for whatever reason, AAA loves to have the um, foreigners beat their um, beat their guys and Johnny Caballero and Taurus winning kind of felt that way, um, even though Taurus is a regular in AAA, but still Caballero is more of a, a, a guest appearance at this point. That was then followed by the next Ruleta de la Muerte Mass Tournament match as Ryo de Jalisco Jr. beat Blue Demon Jr. And this match was probably the mess, the worst match on the card. Um, this was not good at all. Very slow. Ryo cannot move. Um, we also had Kanek later on who could not move either, but Ryo was really bad. Um, Blue Demon Jr. kind of tried at certain points, but um, this was not this was not good. Um, during the match, Cien Caras, Mascaño dos Mil, and NGD all interfered. Um, this was also kind of sad to see Cien Caras um, showing up walking with a cane and um, just tells you, you know, he's he's getting a little older and it's funny to see him um, interfere in that way. But it was more him and Mascaño dos Mil distracting Ryo so that NGD could attack him. Um, Ryo Jr. was able to take a guitar away from them and used it on Blue Demon Jr. to get the pin. Um, Los Dinamitas then beat up Ryo after the match. That's probably that's likely going to set something up for um, the final Triple Mania because they pretty much already set up the entire lineup for, for Triple Mania in Tijuana. But I would guess that's going to be the uh, one of the big featured matches for um, for the Triple Mania in Mexico City. Will probably be NGD versus Rayo, the Jalisco Junior, and two partners of his choosing. Um, wouldn't be shocked if he picked out like Kanek and Ultimo Dragon as his partners. You know the guys who lost in the in the or who advan- who won in this tournament. Who are who saved their mask being part of the part of the team? Um, I joke that maybe that he could get two younger wrestlers, but the reality is I would not be shocked if they went with an old man trio versus a younger um, um, the NGD um, younger trio. After that, we got Bandito Pagano Taya beating Andrade Cibernetico and Diana Perrazzo by DQ. Um, Latico came out and brought a fire extinguisher to the ring. Cibernetico used it on Pagano at the, and that caused him to crash through a table. Ciber then sprayed Hijo de Tirantes with the fire extinguisher, which led to the DQ. This was not the worst match on the show. Um, if you get Andrade versus um, Bandito, that was great. But the rest of it was kind of just like a, a not very entertaining, um, not very good. Um, but Andrade Bandito were really good and that made me want to watch them in a singles match. But the rest of it I didn't think was particularly memorable. Taya and Dion- and Perrazzo didn't really do enough to really make me want to see them in a singles match. 
which was unfortunate. And it isn't because of them not doing it. It just kind of felt like they kind of were like the third, like they only got to do certain spots, whereas um, Cibernetico and Pagano did a little more. And really, the you know, it didn't matter if Bandito and Andrade got limited amounts of time. The fact that they could do so much in that in whatever amount they had was they did really well. Um, I thought they were really great. Um, this was really not. This was more of a star-studded type of um, mixed trios match than anything else, and you know I think it served its purpose. After that, we got the fourth match in the Ruleta de la Muerte Mass Tournament, which was Kanek beating Psycho Clown. This was not good either. Um, you could tell at certain points Psych- Psycho Clown was taking it way easier on Kanek. Um, at one point, I thought I saw one of the guys who always defends um, the Toreo guys, the UWA, and constantly and defends CMLL, and he kind of tr- craps on on triple a he kind of posted about how um the table spot where psycho clown goes at connect and the table doesn't break he kind of made a big deal about how oh you know um psycho clown this is what's wrong with that guy he can't do this stuff properly and it's like um yeah he could do it pretty well and everybody that before he deleted that tweet um, a bunch of people were commenting like you know connects like 69 years old uh, 69 70 years old Psycho Clown is trying not to is making sure he doesn't kill the guy in in a match, um, and the guy deleted it. And you know that's what I noticed in the match was really Psycho Clown kind of not, um, kind of laying it in a little easier on Connect. And Connect's mobility was really bad. He was very slow in the match, um, an all time legend. But I mean, come on, this guy we were talking about his mob- mobility being slow twenty years ago, <laughs> and now he's still around doing this, and he's still very immobile and very slow. But he was it was it was not a good match. Connect saved his mask. That's the other thing. The the, the fact that the 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 winners um, were the guys who were gonna not continue on forced guys like Connect Ryo to get wins over guys who probably are significantly younger and better than them. Um, Ultimo Dragon also. Um, so it's like really the only the LA Park Viano four result kind of seems like the most believable one if you believe if you're into that sort of thing. But the other stuff is like more like you know. Younger guys losing to the older guys. Blue Demon Jr. and Riley Jalisco Jr. are a little closer in age, so it's not that it wasn't that big of a of a letdown as far as um age. But still, you know, it it should have been. I mean, it should have been a little bit more believable, in my opinion. That's just me, but I, I mean, I I mean, it would have been honestly if you would have told Connect he was going to lose, he probably wouldn't have even accepted to be part of this. And what AAA wanted was like this to be a star-studded mass tournament and. You know, they wanted to get these guys, and obviously these guys weren't going to lose their mask, so they pretty much were. And the only way they were going to do it was if they won, and that's how it goes. Um, during the match, Dr. Wagner Jr. interfered and attacked Psycho Clown. Psycho Clown then fought back against Wagner, but Andrade ran out and helped him. Wagner then asked Andrade if he'd join his new Legion, Legion Lagunera um, faction, which Andrade accepted. Um, Andrade on on Twitter, I think later on asked who what faction he should he should join, um, Legion Lagunero, or remain part of Los Ingobernables. Um, and I think most people are probably thinking he should team up with Dr. Wagner Jr. and his family. <laughs> then um, honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, he'll probably end up just splitting his time with both groups anyways because he's he's his focus is right now is with AEW and doing whatever he's doing in that with that promotion. Um, anything else is probably secondary. And you know that's I thought that was the only point, and that was the other thing. The only time you could hear the crowd was when that when they were cutting promos for that um, the post match between Andrade 
on Dr. Wagner Jr., which again, both of these guys are not part of AAA full time and they get they get to do mic work on one of the bigger shows of the year. But during that, you could actually hear fans um, yelling and cheering and you could hear a, a lady scream out, um, chinga tu madre, Wagner, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a, a fun, um, a fun sort of um, way to close that match out, um, having Wagner and Andrade uh, possibly form a faction. I'm guessing they're at some point going to be teaming up on a later um, AAA show. We then head to the main event, which was the Young Bucks beating Phoenix and Hijo de Vikingo. This was a, another good match. I would say close to great match. I thought this, if, if you're going to go with um, Viano for LA Park as the best match on the card, this probably was the second match on the card, best match on the card. 1A, 1B, or 1-2, however you want to put them. I thought these two were the two matches that stood out the most in this. This was this was a, a really good match. A lot of um, a lot of big moves, which is what you expect from these two tag teams. Uh, really fun. Um, they did actually kind of tease a little bit of a of friction between Phoenix and Hijo Vikingo. So I thought that was kind of cool to just because um, they're both not necessarily tag team part regular tag team partners. Obviously, Phoenix being part of a Lucha Brothers with um, Pentagon Junior. and Hijo Vikingo not really being in that you know being more of a most recently being with those jinetes del aire and not and kind of being more of a singles wrestler now um, but i thought that was kind of a cool possibility teasing that that since Hijo Vikingo is the triple a world mega champion so um, that kind of gives you that possibility later down the line of a, a match between those two or a, a rivalry between them really after the match Phoenix and Hijo de Vikingo actually started having a little bit of a discussion when the Young Bucks attacked them. They were then joined by Johnny Caballero, Sammy Guevara, and Tay Conti, and they helped the Young Bucks beat on Phoenix and Hijo de Vikingo until Pentagon Jr. ran out and made the save. Um, he super kicked Tay Conti and cleaned house. Um, Tay Conti took that super kick really well. She uh, she did a great job with that. Um, I thought this was a great match. Uh, I kind of would have preferred maybe not having Hijo de Vikingo take the the loss um, because he's kind of like the champion of the promotion and you kind of want him to be um, a little bit, you know, not take that type of loss. At some point, they're going to have to get him to win at least something against a foreigner, um, which they they really should do at one of the Triple Manias, get him a big win on a Triple Mania. I'm not sure why Triple A continues to do this stuff. Like, it wouldn't shock me if every Triple Mania ends up because you know they're going to have a big main event that's going to be feature foreigners. I would not be shocked if every Triple Mania ended with a foreigner winning. Um, that would not surprise me. Um, and unfortunately, I think they really have to do at least at least one of the next Triple Manias has to have one of their guys win a big match, which I think is actually going to happen with the mask tournament final. You're going to have somebody winning that match. But do you also have to have a match where one of their guys wins, beats a foreigner? Um, I don't think some of these guys, I mean, honestly, Johnny Caballero, the Young Bucks, Sammy Guevara, Sam Adonis, a lot of the foreigners that they brought in, um, I don't think they're them losing to somebody in AAA is going to hurt them. They're perfectly fine. Um, even Gringo Loco is another guy. These guys will all survive losing one match against Hijo Vikingo or Phoenix or somebody like that. Um, even one of the undercard guys, Otis, one of the undercard guys. I mean, it, I don't think it's going to hurt them. Um, they really have to do that at some point. So AAA did announce 
they're well, I mean, like I said, this was a good show. Uh, but I actually think the the lineup that they announced for the Tijuana show, which is happening on June 18th, might actually be a little a lot a little bit better than this one, just because there's there's um there's a little bit more of a condensed group. There's not as many people on this, and I wouldn't even like I don't even think there's as many people here. Um, it's not like they've they're booking a promociones cholo de Tijuana level of show where um, they have like 50 or 60 wrestlers on the card. Um, this did have a lot, but a lot of it had to do with Copa Triple Mania. But, you know, I think there's a little bit fewer at the on the Tijuana show. That's that's Triple Mania 30th Chapter 2 um, on that card, which will be in Tijuana on June 18th at Estadio Caliente. Um, the first match will be Ruleta de la Muerte Femenil. A women's cage match where the last two women advanced to a singles mass match. They announced Lady Shani, La Yedra, Chica Tormenta, Reina Dorada, Sexy Star 2, Flammer, and Lady Maravilla. Um, that is then followed by Copa Triple Mania, um, the second chap- chapter 2 with 13 participants. Um, they did not announce the 13 participants. I would assume since this seems to have a, letter, a lesser amount of um, bigger names on it. Or some of the names that weren't on, I would not be surprised if they bring in like whoever was in this first Copa Triple Mania. Maybe half of those guys show up for this, and then maybe they bring in some of the guys who weren't on any of the other matches, who were in previous matches, being on that as part of that. Um, so that should be inter- interesting. Um, the third match is Hijo del Vikingo versus Phoenix versus Loretto Kid versus Bandito versus Taras. Um, that should be amazing. Uh, should be awesome. And it is the third match on the card, so um, that tells you. I would assume they might actually change the order of this lineup just because I think they probably would rather have um, that match be a little bit higher on the card. Um, the fourth match will be Blue Demon Jr. versus Pentagon Jr. in the Ruleta de la Muerte semifinals mass tournament. Um, that will then be followed by the Masked versus Masked Ruleta de la Muerte Femenil women's match. I think that probably will stay at fifth. Um, I could see the Ruleta de la Muerte semifinals mat- match maybe being placed in third and then bringing up the, the five-way match ahead of that just to like um, split up a little bit of that. But to be fair, I wouldn't be shocked if they just keep it that way because it makes, you know, it's perfectly fine. Um, that is then followed for the sixth match, which will be Psycho Clown versus Viano 4 in the Ruleta de la Muerte semifinals. Um, I would guess if we're going to go with the prediction, I would guess we're going to get probably Viano 4 as in the final and I would think maybe I would guess Pentagon Jr. versus Viano 4 would probably be the match to go if you really although to be fair you could probably go with Blue Demon Jr. also but I kind of get the feeling I would rather go with Pentagon Jr. just because you could get you could get more out of Pentagon Jr. hasn't had the big mask win Um, and I think this would probably be the one that you know something that he could put up up there and it would be something you know triple a you get the big win for a triple a guy um blue demon jr is more of a guy who's yeah he's a triple a guy but he's been around worked in cmll um uwa and all these other promotions from the past so i kind of would think that would be like my my way of doing it i would be shocked if psycho clown advanced just because i don't see either pentagon jr or blue demon jr losing their mask um i would guess viano four versus either one of pentagon jr blue demon jr would be the you know that's the logical type of thing, but my guess is to me it, it makes more sense to just go Pentagon Junior versus um Viano Four in the final. And the main event will be the Hardys versus the Hermanos Lee, Dragon Lee, and Drillistico. 
Um, that should be something. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a great match, but it should be something. It could be a great match just because you have four guys who could actually have a great match. Um, but you have a lot of like, I don't know if you're necessarily going to get the right ideas for what a match what, for this match. Um, I could see a total breakdown and see it be like a a, a total mess. But I don't think it's going to be a mess. I kind of think it's just going to be worst case scenario. It's just going to be a good match that's kind of has some interesting moments where we're kind of you know head scratching moments and some moments where we're really impressed with what they're doing. But I, I think it's a it's a better it's a it's a good main event. But like I said, I think it, it would have made more sense to have Hermanos Lee have won the three way match in the first Triple Mania, so that way they would go into this one versus the Hardys, kind of having a, a, a win under their their belt. That's the thing. Like I think when Drellistico left CMLL, he's kind of getting a, a big. Something I've noticed is that a lot of the wrestlers, when they've quit a promotion, they're and they have family members in wrestling. They kind of want to go and team up with their uh, their their family members, and that's what Drellistico is doing. Gets to team up with Dragon Lee, and you know, he's going to get a big um, big match against the Hardys at, at a Triple Mania. You know, we saw this with um, Tejano Jr. when he left Triple um, A. He's pretty much said he wanted to team up with his brother supernova and the one place they could do is on the independence and they've been doing that on robles shows and some of the other independent promotions that they appear on um, but you know you kind of like i think i think if if i look back at drillistico i think him teaming up with caristico uh when Myst now mystico i think that was like a I thought that was a, a, a good tag team that probably could have gone a little further. They could have done a little more. Um, I think the the end result would have been at some point. I don't think they could have talked them into doing a mask versus mask match or something like that. But I think that would have been a cool thing to do. Like if I was if I was the guy playing Drillistico, that would have been something I would have preferred to have done. Like maybe told CML, hey, look, I like teaming up with Caristic Mystico, but maybe we should do the big angle and you know I'll drop my mask come up with a new gimmick or wrestle without a mask, be okay with that, move on from that. But, you know, you could have got a big, big deal out of that. But, you know, him teaming up with his brother, eh, fine. Um, there'll, be a, there'll be a tag team. The thing, I, the one thing I've noticed that Dragon Lee hasn't really been, um, remember Dragon Lee, like, in CMLL, and even when he first got out of CMLL, he was kind of like a hot commodity. And now it's kind of like, eh, he's kind of just like, it's kind of mentioned, but it's like, it's kind of, and this is really a lot, not just Dragon Lee, but the Munoz family. And we'll talk about this later on when we talk about the Ingobernables. They've kind of like quieted down. There's not as much like, oh, they should come over. They should be in, why aren't they in the US? Why aren't they doing this? And it's more like, eh, you know, we got other guys. It kind of feels like Dragon Lee at one point was in that Lucha Brothers um, bandito group of guys that gets talked about as being a guy who could be a not just a lucha libre star but a, a, a an international star and now he's kind of like not in that group anymore um he's kind of been like you know he's in that next tier of guys you know like the puma kings you know guys who kind dmt azul guys who are kind of showing up in, on u.s shows but not not guys that are in high demand um i think dragon lee's been surpassed by ares and Aram aramis honestly um those two guys have been getting a little bit more um um, recognition in the United States and internationally. Um, so, you know, I don't know what Dragon Lee's been doing and what advice he's been getting, but he should really be looking. He should be some. He should be a little bit higher up there. I mean, even Tar Taurus is a guy who's big, 
been up there. You know, if you look at the guys and the Mexican, the luchadors who are making it big internationally, uh, obviously you have Lucha Brothers at a high level. Um, top of the list is Rey Mysterio. I mean, there's nobody that's doing it as well as he is. But then you have like um, Lucha Brothers. After the Lucha Brothers, you maybe have Andrade, um, Garza in, 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 in WWE. Um, you have a couple of other people mixed in there. Then you have the Loretto Kid, Taurus, um, Bandito, guys who are kind of, you know, in demand in the United States. Then you have Aramis and Ares who are up there. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is kind of in that group. Um, <laughs> Nero Casas is kind of starting to get back a little bit there where he's getting a little bit. Psycho Clown, I forgot Psycho Clown. Psycho Clown is in that group. Psycho Clown is in between the the Lucha Brothers and, and those guys. Kind of like, I would say Psycho Clown for being a big star in AAA, he's more in the Aramis Ares group just because he's getting a lot of independent bookings, but he really isn't the, a, a name that gets mentioned for like, uh, oh, AEW should sign him or Impact should sign him or anything like that. He's more in that group. Tejano Jr. is kind of in that group as well. You're seeing a little bit more of the 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 uh, Mascara Doradas in there, um, and Dragon Lee. I don't really see you don't really hear about him as much as you used to. And Dragon Lee, talent alone, he should be in the in the Lucha Brothers level of a guy who should. At one point, he was at that point like with Loretto Kid, guy who like everybody was talking about as 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 the next uh, next big star. Um, now he's not really being talked about. Um, but that show should be good. The the upcoming June 18th Triple Mania in Tijuana. Now we can talk about CMLL, which, you know, for a long stretch of time kind of seems like they were kind of in a bit of a dry spell. But recently, um, they've had a couple of good matches. They've had a really good run of um, of Friday shows with some good matches. Not necessarily the entire show, but one match that actually stands out. Um, It really started with the Universal Tournament with Titan versus Niebla Roja in the Universal Semifinal back in April 22nd. Um, That was an excellent match. I would say that is probably in my top three or top two matches in Mexico this year. Excellent. Uh, Put it up there with the LA Park Viano 4 match. Um, And both of these guys talk about how that was one of the big matches for them and how it probably changed. Um, You know, for them, that was their big match, their big moment, the the, the match that kind of they feel like they're going to talk about as being one of the matches that is significant in their career. Um, Titan then followed that up on April 29th in the three in the tri- triangular final of the Universal Tournament where he faced T- Templario and then later faced Mystico. The Titan-Templario semifinal match was actually, um, the match leading up to the final was actually pretty good. Um, it wasn't that long of a match, probably in the 10-minute range. Um, but really good. Um, both guys got in a lot of offense. And I I dug that they actually used all three of them to start the first match and then start the second match. And then, you know, kind of take them out of it. Take the whoever wasn't in the match taken out of it. Um, but I thought that was a good match. And then uh, Titan was awesome in that match. And that led to him going up against Mystico and Mystico getting the big win. I thought that was also a really good match. Uh, Mystico getting uh, the big win doesn't surprise me or anything um, just because you know if they were going to do anything with Mystico he was going to get the big win and I thought that was a a, a definite memorable uh, matchup hopefully Mystico remembers that he was part of this year's um, Universal Tournament um, because he forgot about being part of it in the past Um, but like I said this was a fun match and a really good run for Titan three good matches on his and then he he ended up getting the announcement of going to New Japan to work the best of the super juniors tournament um he's not doing too well in that tournament but 
He's been awesome. I would say he's probably the early front runner for um, wrestler of the year in Mexico. Um, he's been he's been outstanding for the most part. I think there's another match that he had this past year that was actually also really good. Um, so he's probably got about three or four matches that really you could talk about being, him being really good. Um, and he's 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 been fantastic. He's been for the for the you know since he first showed up in CML, he's been fantastic, and he's always kept him he's always kept himself um humble really good guy and he's you know that's what he comes across as and and he's been awesome um really enjoyed his work um the the following week in cmll there was a ultimo girl averno match with ultimo girl winning this match was also an excellent match if you have not watched it it's from may 6th really good um i thought this was a if this has to be also amongst this has to be among some one of the better matches of this year as well. Averno has been an awesome addition to to CMLL. Bringing him back was a a great move. And you know, really, I was gonna when I was thinking about it, I kind of was gonna say that he wasn't used properly in in AAA, but I think it was more so that he just he just kind of wasn't the type of guy that they push in AAA. Um, they're more of a flashier, um, high flying type of guy as far as the the lighter weights and then the guys that they kind of push are more heavyweights than the than smaller wrestlers especially when it's a rudo and i kind of felt averno wasn't really a guy that they push but for the most part i cannot criticize how well he did in triple in triple a because he was part of the ogts and they had that phenomenal feud with Bolesa north at one point that was excellent and then he also did a few other things where he was really good um, but here in triple in cmll He's a main eventer. He's a perfect guy. He fits into the group, into the whole faction. He's part of. He was part of um, the Infernalis faction, and now he's you know on his own right now. But you know he he could always be part of one of those groups. He's got he's got a little bit more people to work with. A lot of rivalries with Mystico, and now he has his rival with Ultimo Guerrero and and Rey Bucanero because of the 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 tag match that they had uh, with him teaming up with Mephisto and then he also has a pass with Volador Jr. and you know there's a lot of new guys that he could actually have some some rivalries with like Titan and Templario guys like that Carvernario another guy he could actually have a fun rivalry with heck he could have a an old school match with um, Nero Casas and who could forget the 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 anniversary match between Averno and Blue Panther before he left to go to AAA which you know a lot of people weren't um, there was a, a w- weird mix of reaction to that match um a lot of us who like old school lucha loved it and then there were a lot of people who are more into the flashier high-flying lucha libre that kind of didn't really get it um thought it was good but didn't really like think that it was amazing but those of us who are more into old school lucha kind of really enjoyed it um so averno's averno's been great a great addition and he's he's been a perfect fit um there's been a lot of stuff that cml has done wrong um and i think also the fact that they've lost a lot of talent kind of hurts the shows but they, there's there's some glimpses of some good stuff that is coming out of it. The fact that they have Sobrano Jr., um, they're pushing him, and um, I I remember when he lost the the title earlier in the year that it kind of seemed like maybe there was a chance that he might leave, um, but no, he's pretty much he's very much a part of the promotion. He's he's they're setting him up to go up against Templario this next week, and um, after the previous time that they had the match where he got hurt. Um, but he's kind of been a focal point in singles matches and he's teaming up with his father like i said earlier um there's this thing where a lot of wrestlers now are kind of getting luchadors are really getting into the whole idea of teaming up with a family member and how it brings them um you know as especially as a tag team and the euphoria sobrano jr tag team seems like it's a fun tag team they're going to do a um 
in this upcoming month, they're doing Copa Dinastias with tag teams of um, family members and Euphoria and Silverado Jr. are teaming up. And there's a possibility of a, there's some possible matchups where we might actually end up getting like a rivalry out of it. Um, there's already a few rivalries in it, but I could totally see a, an Euphoria Soberano Jr. winning that and then maybe leading to a them going up against the Chavez brothers for the CML World Tag Team titles, maybe winning those, and then maybe facing the girls in a, in a tag title match down the road or them going up against them at some point um, to continue that rivalry. Um, I think that would be fun. Them feuding with the Chavez brothers also would be pretty fun. Um, Chavez brothers, um, I think the fact that people are so distracted by them, you know, by hating them because they're pretty boys and they kind of have the the whole charisma being, um, you know, jerks. The you know, they have that jerk charisma going for them. Um, that I think it distracts people from the fact that they're actually really good wrestlers and they um, they they're a fun tag team. Um, I think that that's something that I've kind of enjoyed and I, from CMLL. Um, there's still a lot of stuff that I'm not really into. I think if you look at the, I should do like a like a top ten things that I enjoy in CMLL. But if I had to pick like five things I've enjoyed, I've really enjoyed Teton's push, and um, I'm not a big fan of all these tournaments that they do. But I do enjoy the fact that they always have like the final, and usually the final's a big, a, a good match. Um, I'm enjoying Averno coming back to CMLL. That's another thing. Some of the the factions and the the family members are coming in are actually pretty good. Um, Soberano Junior Forio teaming up. Um, you're getting Panterita the Ring Junior kind of teaming up with his father. Um, so you're getting a lot of fun families brought in, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Rey Cometa Espiritu Negro. So we're getting a lot of um, interesting stuff. I'm also enjoying the lightweight division, even though they really haven't had a standout match yet. Um, but I think you have the possibilities of that. And then you're also, I'm also enjoying the factions, um, you know, for the most part. And we're getting that also in Guadalajara with the, the, the school tournaments, the school tournament they did. Um, I thought that was kind of a, 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 an interesting thing to do. Although I'm not really sure what they're doing with the final when they have every school involved in the final made no sense. Um, but I'm kind of enjoying all of that. Um, Forza coming back to CMLL seems interesting. Can they convince Fuerza to drop his mask as part of his retirement? I think that would be kind of cool to do a, a Fuerza Guerrera Nero Casas mask versus hair match. Only uh, maybe Casas wins the, the mask. Um, that would be cool. Maybe an Atlantis versus Fuerza Guerrera mask match where Atlantis wins the mask. Uh, maybe you do a, a Fuerza versus Casas mask versus hair match with Fuerza winning Casas hair. Then that leads to Atlantis versus Fuerza in a mask match. I think that would be pretty awesome as well. Um, there's a lot of talk of that possibly happening. Um, Atlantis and Atlantis Jr. talked about, you know, hey, you know, because Atlantis Jr. is feuding with Stuka Jr. And there's a belief that that's going to be the anniversary main event. Maybe they do a, a, a double main event or something. Um, I could see Forza dropping his mask. I could see him dropping it, possibly getting convinced to do it. But at the same time, I also kind of see that maybe he's going to extend this retirement thing where he kind of stops maybe wrestling for a few months that comes back again, um, which is the norm with a lot of these luchadors a lot of wrestlers but i think it's kind of cool that he's back um some other news um some sad news and from cmll with um toro bill jr passing away on april 25th from a heart attack which happened as the show was going on in puebla um that was really a sad sad thing to hear i thought he was a pretty good worker and i was always hoping that that cmll would have given him and ray apocalypse is more of a, a look as a regular tag team and they never really did which is unfortunate and um fortunately passed away and 
he was one of the bright spots of as far as local talent in Puebla. I really enjoyed his work, and it's sad to hear to see that he passed away. Other CMLL news recently, uh, we'll probably go into more detail about this these matches because these are matches I'll probably be watching uh, once they air and they're made available on on their on CML's YouTube channel. Uh, we'll talk about it whenever um, I recap the Triple Mania from Tijuana. Um, but Atlantis Junior won Copa Junior VIP against Mystico, which is a big win. Um, you need it. He needed that big win. I think that's something they have to keep. Um, they have to keep building him up if they're going to have a big mass match um, that people are going to want to watch. And if it's going to be Atlantis Jr. versus Tuca Jr., I think that is a mass match people would want to see. Um, Atlantis Jr. is an up-and-comer um, who's been very good. And Stuka Jr. is a, a mid-card guy who's been around for a long time, upper mid-card guy, who's actually been pretty good for the most part. Not somebody who's... um. He's never been a big superstar, but he's always been somebody who's been reliable and has had big matches and big wins in, in, in CMLL. And I could see that being a match that they would like to have. Um, I think that would be a good... I think that's something that the fans would like to see. Also on that um, Friday show, Dulce Gardenia, Ray Cometa, and Espiritu Negro won the national trios titles that had been vacated by the Cancerberos when, um, they dis- when Virus and... Cancerbero decided to vacate the titles and CML also kind of wanted them vacated since Russell passed away and they didn't just want to add it mat- automatically put Luciferno in there as a champion um, they kind of just decided to hold the tournament Cancerberos were initially going to be in the tournament but um, Virus actually fractured his tibia on a Saturday show prior to this and so he was unable to be in the tournament so they weren't those cancer barrels were not on the card. So unfortunately now the cancer barrels for the next month or so are going to be um, without virus and cancer barrels. Um, poor cancer barrels now on his own, although he has Luciferno with him. Uh, but I thought this was a good good win, getting Ray Cometa another title. Um, I do dig this trio. They, the one thing in this tournament with the cancer barrels out, they kind of went with four technical trios. The Depredadores trio is kind of a, a more of a tweener type of trio, but they could work uh, as a technical trio as well. Um, more of a Rudo trio, but they're technicals. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool that they actually did that. Now we have three technical trios in here. Um, Fuerza Poblana, which features Pegaso, but he, since he was injured, he's he's um he was replaced by Girlmaya Jr. But um, I think that's actually a the fact that they now have a technical trio as a champion and involved in this kind of, um, I think it, it, it adds a little more. I mean, for the most part, we've been focused, CMLL had been focusing a lot on on the Rudo trios like, um, you know, Infernales, Girls Laguneros, previously NGD, Conserberos, and now it's kind of cool to have um, some technical trios involved in this as well. Um, I also think Gobernables as a Rudo trio. Um, Mercurio, that same night, retained his minis title and was asked to join Los Depredadores, which he did. He is now part of that group. Um, Diamond didn't seem to be part of the the, the invi- invitation group for Mercurio, so, um, and he hasn't been teaming that often with the, with the Depredadores, so who knows if he's still part of the group or he's now out. It's CML. He could probably still be brought back. Some other news, and this was something I was going to talk about, um, the Munoz family held a press conference a couple of weeks ago and just to introduce a new Incorporable, which much to no one's surprise ended up being Vangelis. Um, everybody actually kind of said it was very disappointing to see he was the, the newest member of the Incorporables. He has a new hair, um, look, a new hairstyle. 
but it's the same Vangelist, so I I wouldn't be shocked if they add another member to this group just because La Mascara is no longer really working with them. Um, he's more or less handling the booking for um, Robles Promotions, wrestling primarily for them right now as well. So I wouldn't be shocked if um, um, Rush decides to hold another press conference and they bring out a new a new Incobernable just because I do think they need at least one a, a few members if they're going to like have Bestia the ring whenever Rush or um, Dragon Lee or Drillistico are busy and they want to kind of have a, a trio on a show. They probably need somebody to team up with Bestia the ring and Vangelis. So I wouldn't be shocked that they bring in somebody else to join the group. Maybe another ex-CMLL guy joining that group wouldn't shock me. Or maybe, you know, they go with somebody different as a new member, um, but they really have to do that. I just thought it was funny how the reaction to Vangelis was nobody really giving, <laughs> caring or about it. Um, it was funny. Vangelis, that's that's what he is. The, he's part of the whole Munoz family. The other news that happened recently, um, this past weekend, um, Andrade and Charlotte got married. And there was a lot of um, people, wrestling uh, people on at that wedding, obviously because of Andrade's family being a big part of the, the local Lucha Libre scene and um, and, um, for, for Charlotte's father, Ric Flair, being there as well. Among the good people that we saw pictures and videos of were like Rey Mysterio, um, Roosh, Finn Balor was there. Um, a lot of people were there. So congratulations to the, 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 new, the, the newlyweds. May they have many wonderful years of marriage. And hopefully, just imagine, they have a, a, a son or daughter or both. The future of, of professional wrestling depends on possibly having one of the... I mean, you put the flair. We have a lot of Alvarado Casas kid, um, grandchildren around. Um, just imagine the flair Andrade um, lineage continuing on. Should make for a fantastic wrestler down the road. So that's it for this week. Be sure to check us out at LuchaWorld.com for old school wrestling reviews. Check out RetroWrestling.com for added audio content. Check out the Retro Wrestling YouTube channel. Um, We have a lot of um, Lucha Show reviews as well as the Lucha World podcast. And I will be adding something new very soon to that, um, to the YouTube channel as well as to the, well, I'll just leave, I'll just leave it at that. I won't spoil it right now. Also, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Lucha World, where we have three different tiers. Um, we have the we, we have the $5 tier, where you get 10 DVDs a month in ISO file format. At the $3 level, that is really your introductory Lucha Libre level, where you get the Lucha Classica podcast, which I have to do at some point. Um, I've done about 25 or so. Um, that are available on there. Um, there's a couple that are free that you could find on the on the Lucha World podcast um, feed, and um, also there are magazine Lucha magazine write ups that are done monthly. Uh, I think we're up to a little over fifty total. Um, I think at some point, at some point, it's going to be a lot more just because there's Kurt keeps bringing more magazines, and now we have I have about I think it's getting to the point where it's f- about seven bins of Lucha Libre magazines. Uh, actually, it's not seven bins of Lucha Libre magazines because um, it's maybe six bins of Lucha Libre magazines and then there's a, a, a bin with a lot of um, newsletters and a lot of um, my old um, U.S. wrestling magazines like the, you know, the Aftermags, PWI, The Wrestler, Inside Wrestling, stuff like that. But um, we're going to be, I'll be adding a lot of the Lucha Libre magazine 
um, write-ups to that to the patreon so check that out um, thanks again everyone for listening and we will be back again soon take care